Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris and I am so glad you're with me once again on the show as I am still in the unemployed phase of my life, really enjoying some downtime actually between things. And, um, and today's going to be part two of uh, a little two episode series uh, on my kind of reflections on the job market right now as I think about what my next steps are. So like with everything with this show, just trying to be as honest and transparent as possible about um, about what the experience is like in this part of e-commerce. And one of those part, one part of the e-commerce experience, of course, is looking for opportunities. Um, and so uh, so before uh, in the last episode, if you didn't listen to that, go back, check that out. I talked about um, some honest pieces of advice and sort of reflections um, for uh, a job seeker and sort of as I've thought about my own position in this. Um, today, I want to kind of do the other side of that, which is um, some some reflections on what I am seeing from companies and uh, and brands that are that are interested in uh, that I've talked to that are interested in hiring me or other people. I'm, I'm certainly not the only candidate for, for a lot of these. So um, so some feedback on what I am seeing and uh, and maybe some ways that uh, hope my help my hope here is to help you um, attract great talent as well as to attract the right kind of people to your organization to get the best fit possible uh, beyond just being quality talent, but like good people, good fits uh, by telling you a little bit of my reflections as I have sat with a bunch of different organizations now, here's what I'm seeing. So uh, that's what I'm going to jump into. Stay tuned. Hope it'll be some help to you. So um, as I said in the intro, um, this is kind of, I think I said the intro, this is kind of the other side of the coin from the last episode that I recorded. Uh, the last episode I recorded was about sort of my reflections as a job seeker. And I want to talk a little bit now about sort of like, what is it, what, what are those reflections back to the company itself? And of course, I've been on that side of things as well, hiring people. Um, but it's been a little while since I've really looked around the market. And so I've begun to think about like, how are people presenting themselves to me? And uh, what do I think about their companies in these interactions? Uh, and part of that is conditioned by the fact that I have a, a range of relationships here. Um, you know, for some people I talk to, I've known them for a long time and we're interested in working together and, and there you go. For other people I'm talking to, you know, they know me from Twitter and the podcast or something and, uh, saw that I was interested in a new job. And so they reach out because they want growth talent and let's get a conversation going. Uh, so, um, so there's a, a range of that and getting to know people in these processes, um, uh, has taught me a few things I think about, um, what it feels like on my side of these conversations and how I think uh, companies can better present themselves when pursuing talent. Uh, and so I've got, right now I have five reflections on that. Um, and the first of those is just to know what you need. Um, I, I've seen a range, I, I mentioned also in the last episode that I, I sort of see um, four different kinds of, uh, sort of four different types of opportunities in e-commerce for um, for jobs in general, right? Four different types of e-commerce work. Uh, one of them is enterprise and um, enterprise brands building their e-commerce brands. Like I'm great. If you want to go work for that, that's awesome. I'm just not really pursuing any of those opportunities. So let's leave enterprise off to the side and assume that what I'm talking about is other opportunities. Okay. Um, and I, I think those three main kind of places you can end up. Uh, this also, you might sort of include like um, B2B e-commerce SaaS somewhere here, but again, leave that to the side. Um, directly in e-commerce, um, I'm, I'm looking at uh, three different kinds of 
of opportunities. And I think these are the main ones, the brand working for a brand, working for an agency, or what I think is kind of the middle, which is working for an aggregator. Um, in all of those cases, this is a pretty entrepreneurial space, especially when you take enterprise out of it. It's very startup kind of culture. And that means different companies have different levels of sort of detail and process, depending on where they are in their life cycle about hiring. And that includes about things like having a position description and a stated salary range and, um, and uh, you know, somebody in HR who's on the call for hiring. You know, I've been around a lot of brands now where that, that, that infrastructure is just not built out. The, the, comp- the company doesn't need it yet. It's, um, it's too small. Um, and, and even for ones that are, uh, I see a range of sort of the way people present. And um, I think one of the crucial things here is that as a, as a company... Um, talks to talent they're interested in to know ex- to, the better they know what they need and the better they can articulate that um, the better they come across um, to the candidate and so this actually isn't necessarily an issue of a job description it's, in fact sometimes position descriptions just don't communicate very clearly what the need really is it's sort of all over the place and it's filled with sort of flowery company language and it doesn't necessarily do the job of saying very well here's what your job will be and here's what it will be like to be in this job um it's you know so there actually may be some <laughs> it might be the case that like there's an evolution sh- that should happen of, of position descriptions that you know include video from the founder who's hiring or from the direct manager who's saying, here's what we're looking for. Here's what this is going to feel like. Now go reference the position description as well that's written and you can kind of get a little more sense of this because that way the person can really know. Um, So in any case, uh, either way, what I find is that the more the company knows what they need and the better they can articulate that, the more interested I am in the job. First of all, it tells me if I'm not going to be interested in the job, I might be a terrible fit for somebody. Uh, and like I talked to one person, uh, recently where I was like, I'm not sure if I'm really a good fit for you or not. And the more we talked, I kind of wavered and I just thought, I'm not sure you really know what you need. And, and that made me just kind of say, ah, I'm looking at other opportunities. We'll just leave that one to the side. Um, unless they, all the other ones fall through, then I'll call you back. Um, so, and that, that was just because they couldn't articulate clearly enough what they were really looking for. Um, it also, my other reaction there is that it makes me maybe think a little bit less of the, of the person I'm talking to in terms of my confidence in them as a leader, um, for better or for worse, right? Like they, they actually may be a great leader and I lose confidence in them. But, um, but if, if, if they had, can come in and say, here's exactly what we need, here's where you fit, here's what I'm going to go do. You know, if, if it's, a, say it's a founder who's saying, and I've seen you know, a number of these founders saying, I'm, I'm too in the work, I'm too in the weeds of our growth plan, Andrew, take that over so I can go be a real CEO you know, and, and build process in the organization, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, if that's the, if that's the case, that makes me believe better of that person. Uh, and then it makes me trust them. And as, uh, and as I think about putting in my lot with them for the next couple of years of my career, at least, and maybe even longer, it makes me go, okay, I believe in you. I think we can be good partners and good teammates and we can get somewhere together. So know what you need. Uh, number two, um, learn the market and pay fairly. And just say it up front. Just offer and pay fairly up front. Um, it's honestly like, <laughs> it, it, I'll just tell you, it feels insulting to me if somebody just under offers what is clearly market rate <laughs> for my services. What I feel like that, that company is doing is they know that I'm going to negotiate and so they're just starting low. And, and I guess that's part of the game or something 
But I would much rather them say, because they know the market, they know that I'm probably not going to get more somewhere else or whatever, say, yeah, this is what we pay. And actually, we don't really negotiate salary a lot um, because we're pretty sure this is this is what the market is. And as best as possible, this takes some work. It probably takes some time. But as best as possible uh, to do that, even if actually a company can't pay market rate, but they understand that and they can communicate to me, hey, we'd like to build some upside, some, some career pathway here, some way to make up for the fact that our company's not really big enough or in a place financially where we can pay you what you want, but we really want you. And so here's the way we can try and make it work. You know, you don't know. Maybe I have appetite for that. Maybe I'm excited about that opportunity and I want to get on the ground floor and grow something like you know, this can be a hard thing to figure out uh, for a candidate. And it's um, why I said candidates should should know as best they can what they want as well. Uh, but if that can all be expressed, then at least I don't believe you're trying to be exploitative or just to try to like pay me the least amount possible. Um, it's just distasteful to me if that happens. And uh, and so, um, so yeah, know the market, pay fairly um, and, and bring that person. And that's going to start the relationship up on the right foot. It's going to make that person feel like they're a real part of the team, that they're really invested in, that they're valued, um, and that, uh, and that uh, they can trust you as, as a company as well. Uh, I just think it's a short-sighted strategy to try to underpay everybody. <laughs> People will leave eventually. Uh, number three, uh, develop, and this is similar, Develop benefits policies, um, especially for growing orgs, and know them, articulate them clearly. Um, I'm thinking here especially of organizations that don't have HR infrastructure built out, uh, and it's sort of a secondary thought. Um, benefits are a real part of people's compensation, even if they aren't the lion's share of it. And so understand, like, building a good medical program, making sure those options are there, um, building, um, you know, Having even simple things like internet reimbursement, if you're having people work from home, just shows a thoughtfulness that I think I appreciate in these calls. Um, uh, obviously, uh, 401k matching, that that matters. Uh, bonus, being able to say, if you have a bonus structure, like uh, here's how many of our people actually got a bonus last year because bonus can sometimes feel like a carrot on the end of a stick that you'll never actually get. It's just sort of fake money. Um, but to be, if, if you have a bonus and you're saying, hey, your upside is 20% of your salary um, and that's the bonus upside. And then you can also say, and on average, our, our you know, employees at your level reached 15% of their salary and bonus. You know, they got 75% of that potential. Then that, that's really helpful to know. Like, okay, that's realistic um, that people are actually going to get there. Um, being, having all of that stuff and being able to articulate it clearly, vacation policy, by the way, um, all of those things uh, really help. And particularly for younger organizations, it's just worth taking the time to dial that stuff in. Um, it's, part about, it's part of the way you treat your employees right. Uh, and you, you make sure that you um, can say that clearly and say it's a real part of the package that we offer. We're thinking about everything we can to care for you and your family. It seems obvious, but um, some of you may be putting that off, and, and so go develop that. And I would, again, know the market, make it competitive. Um, make that real. Uh, number four, kind of actually similarly, uh, I was thinking about vacation policy as part of, of benefits packages. Um, and vacation policy often reflects something, which is cultural expectation. Um, you know, it's, it's hip right now, and I'm aware, to have uh, unlimited PTO. And there's a reason for that, which is that... Uh, Companies can offer unlimited PTO. It looks great for the company. Most employees then take less PTO in that process. And then uh, what's more, they no, no longer have the liability of having to pay out PTO when somebody leaves because there's no accumulated PTO. It's unlimited PTO. Um, if you are a company that does that because it's your way of 
uh, essentially exploiting your employees, <laughs> uh, which is which is uh, what the way I just described it can be, right? Uh, then go ahead and say you have unlimited PTO by whatever. But if your company culture is we have unlimited P- PTO and our people actually take it, um, or um, no, seriously, uh, we have unlimited PTO and I, the CEO, am going to take it, or um, or no one will ever bother you about it. We promise, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. We really want you to take a vacation. Say that. Um, and what that communicates is a cultural expectation. And if you know your cultural expectations and you can align your values with the candidates, it can make a big difference. And that actually is the way to be able to get great talent and, in part, uh, potentially, even if you can't pay them as much as other people. Because it might be the case that you line up as a cultural fit with what this person wants in life beyond just compensation. Um, and I think most people have some level at which they would take less salary to work in a place that they loved working, right? So communicate those cultural expectations clearly. On the other hand, um, some people, uh, this is, uh, well, this is true whether it, you have a very ambitious, intense culture or the other side. Because, you know, for me personally, I, I have a, um, a wife and a two-year-old, and at the time this podcast gets released, um, I'm going to have a newborn, okay? So... Uh, I, I just am not in a life phase where I want to go work 100 hours a week. I just don't. I'm just not interested in doing that. I'm not in an always-on kind of place in life. It's not my highest value. I don't care that much about getting super rich. Um, and so I'm just not that ambitious in that respect. Um, I am stating that on calls to people that I'm talking to because I do not want to have a value misalignment from my culture and theirs. Um, and I'll tell you, one of my favorite calls I've had in this process is with um, – uh, an entrepreneur that I loved talking to. We talked for 45 minutes or an hour on our first call. And I just, I mean, I could have talked to them for five hours. He's a fascinating guy, really smart, um, had insight into this whole element and this whole side of the e-commerce world that I had never seen before. I came away from that call thinking, goodness, I could learn so much from this guy. Um, man, I'm really interested, really excited about it. And I did something that I haven't done on almost any of these other calls, which is I said, hey, do you have any time later today to follow up, even though we're out of time right now, so I could talk to you a little bit more like, um, and really keep exploring this? Even though I didn't know him at all before this, it just looked like an awesome possibility. Um, you know, A couple hours go by, I get on a call again, we talk a little bit more, we start to get into questions around comp and expectations, blah, blah, blah. Everything looks good. And at one point he says, well, tell me about your expectations around how much you want to work because I just want to tell you honestly, we have a really intense executive culture here. Our executive culture is we're working 70 to 100 hours um, and we're kind of always on and we don't do a lot of fluffy, you know, kind of traditional team building sort of stuff. Um, it's just not not really what we do. Uh, you know, everybody's nice to each other. It's not that anybody's mean. It's just, um, it's, just it's, it's intense. Um, and that's because of the kind of work we do and blah, blah, blah. So, um, he tells me that, and I was able to say right then and there on the call, you know what? I'm not your guy. And that was pretty much it. Five minutes later, the call was over, and it's a good luck, good luck. We, you know, we exchanged some ideas of p- people to keep reaching out to, um, and that was it. And let me tell you, I am not interested in working in that culture, but I know some people are. Some people are excited about that because they're in a stage of their life and their career where that's the kind of effort they want to give to their work. More power to them, right? Like, that's fine. Uh, and so it would have been a terrible fit if I would have showed up on the first day and been getting slacks at 8 p.m. and been going like, what is happening here? I'm trying to sit and hang out with my wife at the end of the day. Uh, and I appreciated so deeply that this guy stated that on the call right up front. And that meant him, if he, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how much they wanted to work with me, but that meant him losing me and it meant me losing them. And that's fine because it would not have been a fit. I would have quit very quickly and it, and it would have been a waste of everybody's time and money. 
Um, so know your cultural expectations, communicate them clearly. And that kind of goes back to the candidate as well, especially if you have more leverage in the conversation to communicate your expectations clearly, make sure you're a fit. By the way, one other element of this um, expectation wise is company goals. Um, you know, a, a, a VC backed um, brand or aggregator or whatever that's trying to scale to the moon is probably going to have really different expectations of what they want out of a growth person than uh, say a bootstrap brand that's trying to grow a healthy 20% on the top and bottom line every single year. Um, you know, it just is it's just going to be different. And so saying that as well um, and knowing exactly what you want there and communicating that as part of the expectation is really important. And it's going to be um, different set of skills probably to, to get those people uh, to get the different, the right person for each of those fits. Uh, okay. Number five. And I actually think in some ways, this is the most important and most helpful insight that I have here. Um, particularly in the startup and entrepreneur kind of space in which, um, I exist, I have noticed that, um, I have talked to a number of brands and companies that are really excited about where they are going. Um, and, and they have every right and reason to be right. They are growing fast and they see the future so clearly and they are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and they're going to take over the world. And some of these people will like, this is, it's not even because they're unrealistic. They, they're just going to do that. And so they're expressing that to me, uh, to on these calls to say, um, to say, you know, come be a part of this, this rocket ship. But what some of them have lacked, um, at the same time, has been an articulation of why I care about that. If I'm not in your company, if I was not there from the ground up, if I don't have the relationships that you have, if I have not engaged in the sweat equity that got you there, um, that's great for you if, if you're growing your company like that. But um, I don't really care, <laughs> to be honest, you know, in terms of my next job. I care if I'm a friend of yours, right? I'm excited for you. I really am. But, uh, but it, as a, in a job conversation, Part of what makes that a great narrative in that conversation is, and is this sentence at the end of it. And here's why that will be great for you, <laughs> job candidate. Here's why that will be great for you, Andrew. Um, and, and sometimes that's missing. Because uh, if, uh, if I can come into a company and what they can say to me is with honesty and clarity, and the more clarity, the better. Hey, in the next couple of years, here's how, you know, we're going to, we're going to exit in two years and this is the number we need to get to. Here's how close we are to it. And, and we think you are a key part of doing this and here's how you will be compensated on the exit. Well, that makes a big difference to my compensation. Um, and, and so if you can say, here's how that will matter, whether that's a bonus or an equity piece or whatever, great. Um, and again, this actually applies down to everybody in the company or, Here's how you are going to learn from this process and it's going to make your, or, or, um, man, we have 10 employees now and we're going to go to 50 and we're going to put all these people under you. And as you do, you better believe that the more responsibility and management we give you, the more money we're going to give you as well. Or, um, or here's how, you know, right now you have to do this part of the job you don't like as much, but as we grow, you're going to get to take on this part of the job that you're really excited about and you love whatever it is, um, be able to talk about that. And I just think a lot of entrepreneurs, um, you know, our entrepreneurs, because they love the work and they're excited about it and they're pumped. And it is important to tell that part of the story to somebody and say, we're going somewhere big and you should be a part of it. But you're so in your own world a lot of times that it's hard for you to get into the world of the job candidate who just doesn't care as much. They just, it's not their thing in life like it is your thing. 
And and even if you bring them in and give them a little slice of equity, they're never going to own it like you do. And so for you, this is again particularly for those who are um, hiring as the as a founder, uh, and or as one of the main partners in the business, right? Um, for you to be able to um, to step outside of that for a second and say, what does this person want? Um, I, I'm thinking of one call in particular that I had. It's actually not just one; it's been a few, a couple calls where somebody has said. Uh, people have said this to me, this is where we're going to go and da, 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 and just really couldn't articulate why that mattered for me. Why, what did I care about that? And they couldn't say it with clarity. You know, one point I asked somebody in a call, okay, you say your company's going to get a lot bigger and I have a place in it. Awesome. Um, what's like the average raise year over year that executives are getting as you guys have had all this growth in the last five years, right? Um, because that's really what I'm getting at is sort of like, awesome. I'm going to contribute. I'm so happy. I don't, I'm not a me guy. Like it's not all about me. I just want to know, like, you know, I am, I am trading services for compensation here. This is how markets work. I want to know that when that moment comes, I don't walk away. You get written a giant check as the owner of the business. I contributed to it. Uh, but don't see any of the upside. I'm happy for you to get the biggest check. You are the owner. You took on the most risk. That's great. I will cheer you on, be in your corner, and be a help to you. Um, but uh, but what's in it for me? And I think that's a perfectly reasonable question for a job seeker to ask. Um, the more you're able to articulate that, uh, what's in it for you, job seeker? What's in it for you, candidate? Uh, the, the more appealing the offer is going to be outside of the sort of hard numbers of compensation, especially if you're not planning on just blowing somebody away compensation-wise. Uh, that's really crucial. And I'll tell you the other thing that that accomplishes is it can also really make up for the relationship gap um, that a candidate may have with other potential uh, employers. And that's important too. So so what I mean is this is particularly important for those um, who are trying to recruit somebody to their company that they don't know very well, but they are really excited about. If that's you, um, like you don't have any past relationship um, but you see somebody and you go, this person's on the market. You know, I followed them on Twitter. I think they're smart, whatever. Um, if you see that person and you think this would be the get for my organization, the, um, it's, it's likely that person has other relationships elsewhere that they're, they're already talking to. And that's certainly been the case for me. And, um, and part of the way to overcome that relationship gap is to be able to say, here's how much value we as a company can provide you. And here's why you're going to love it here. And it's going to be awesome for you. Um, that's a really crucial thing. I'll tell you at CTC, I know this is part of why um, <laughs> Taylor has made this huge point of, uh, and the rest of the leadership team there has said, we want to actually give over ownership to the employee because we can now offer unmatched compensation um, opportunities um, for, for our employees, just like nobody else can even beat it. On top of the fact that we're going to pay you fairly relative to the market, um, we're also going to give you this ownership pathway that's going to make it so that your upside in the business is just crazy. And, um, and, and so, uh, and, and I just love that. Like that, that's a pretty extreme version of it, but it allows, um, it allows the employee to come in and from day one say, here's what's in it for me. Here's the growth opportunity on top of the, you know, career pathway and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yes, just to recap, number one, know what you need. Number two, learn the market, pay fairly. Number three, develop good, develop and articulate good benefits policies. Uh, number four, communicate cultural expectations clearly. Number five, um, that's great that you're doing big things, but what's in it for the candidate? Hopefully that's some help to you as you think, uh, hiring and attracting great talent in your organization.
Uh, so that's the wrap on that. Um, I, I hope that's some use to you as I kind of think about the position I've been in in the market. People are going to have different reflections relative to kind of um, what level of talent you're hiring, what level of talent uh, you're coming in at as, an, as, a, as a job seeker um, and as a candidate. So, um, so yeah, I hope it's helped you. Um, if you've seen anything else like this, please reach out and put it on Twitter. I would love some responses to this to say you know, kind of what else other people are seeing in the marketplace on both sides of this equation. Um, so uh, tag me at, at Andrew J. Ferris on Twitter. I'd love to interact with you there. Otherwise, I hope you're having a great beginning of your year, and I'll talk to you next time.